let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, Area 2 Farms in Arlington is not what you might imagine when you think of a farm. It's indoors, has bizarre plants that taste like roasted garlic, cheese, or oysters, and for the cherry tomato on top, this vertical farm is fighting climate change with all kinds of sustainable techniques. We road-tripped out there last fall to learn about it from founder and chief science officer, Tyler Barris. It's Wednesday, May 17th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. So it wouldn't be a farm without dogs. You're hearing some dogs barking. That's because Area yeah. 2 shares a wall with, is it a dog groomer? No. So um, it is one of the most popular dog parks in all of Arlington oh. is our, uh, we share a wall. So we are a very urban farm. You get all of the city sounds here. You get some dogs barking. You also get some car mechanics doing their thing. But we also are probably making a decent amount of noise. We are blasting music nonstop, so... I live in Columbia Heights. I drove 20 minutes here and now I'm at a farm. Living in the city, you don't think that you have access to farmland and the ability to see farm, but y'all are really making that possible really close to the city. Yeah, it's really only possible because we do vertical. It's pretty difficult to get enough space to actually produce, to grow and feed 100 families every week. But we stack our farm up. So we're eight levels high of soil and it really helps us grow a lot. And... We're hoping to build another 10 of these in the nearby region. We think people could really benefit from, from some more farm in their life. We are looking at something that is very, <laughs> I guess the only word I can use to describe it is futuristic right now. Whatever you were, I, I mean, we talked about what this might look like when we were preparing for this episode. And it's like, this was not at all what I was thinking. We've got these massive metal shelves on these green beds and these move, right? Yeah, get it moving in a second. It's loud. So yeah, so futuristic, but also sort of traditional in a way as well. Most vertical farms are all hydroponic. We're actually soil. We're sort of just like any garden bed right here. We can grow carrots and all pretty much any type of crop in soil. But then we do use some of the technology so we could stack it up and have a huge farm in a small footprint. Yeah, you guys want to see it move? Yeah. All right, let me uh, get this beast running. So the system, the, the goal is to have it sort of recreate or work with the plant's natural cycles that they would have outdoors. So we water them in the morning, just like you would um, outdoor, uh, which is at the bottom of the vertical farm here. So they're getting watered. So this is sort of their night and they slowly will move up to their morning, midday, night, and then they come back down, and this is sort of the 24-hour plant cycle of their day. So night to morning, 
And at each of these stages, they sort of like something different. So they like a little bit warmer conditions, different humidities. And the goal of this is to really let a plant sort of have like the best sort of nature cycle that they would have. Nature cycle, that's a thing. So basically, these big vertical shelves move around to mimic their watering cycle and the natural cycle that these plants would have outside. Exactly, exactly. And there's the loud noise. So that one that just made it to the left, it has just finished its daytime and is about to drop down to its nighttime. Plants want about 10 degree temperature difference between their day and their night. Uh, they want a cold night. It slows down their metabolism. Anyways, it's a bunch of science, but it makes the plants a lot happier um, when they get a cold night, which this one's about to get. So because the heat rises, it's hotter at the top and cooler exactly. at the bottom. We're really trying to work with nature. You know, it, it may seem a little bit futuristic with a lot of the, like big technology things, but uh, we're really trying to work with the natural processes, work with what the plant would want in its natural cycles. Um, yeah. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. So I'm walking up this ladder, up the one of the vertical farm displays here at Area 2. It is these massive metal shelving units, I guess I'll call it, that have these green plant boxes on them. The whole thing is on this weighted kind of pulley lift system so that plant beds can rise and lower to be watered and to be closer to the hot air at the top. There's also a Buzz Lightyear <laughs> hanging from one of them. So this system of wires and buttons and gizmos this is not necessarily what you would find in any vertical farm. This is actually your own design, right? We invented this, really trying to find a way to make it really efficient. But also, most vertical farms are catered to just grow one thing. So you might just be growing a ton of basil or a ton of lettuce. But we deliver direct to customers, and we really want to give them sort of a complete basket. So that's not just lettuce and herbs. We also do carrots. We do onions and... You can pretty much just grow anything in here. We've done strawberries and tomatoes. And so this system with soil and the way it moves, it really allows us to do a much more complete offering. 
Uh, there's probably about a hundred different things growing in here right now, but we do 12 week seasons and every 12 weeks we pretty much completely change everything in here. And every week, actually, everyone receives something different. It's a lot of variety. So we mostly grow a lot of your staples, like your lettuce and your herbs, but we always include a sort of specialty item, which we could try some now if y'all want. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you guys like oysters? I love oysters. That's one of the most hard plants for us to grow, wow. too. Wow. It really does taste like oysters. This would be so good in a salad. I've never tried. So usually you'll see this one. Uh, chefs will pay like a dollar a leaf and just like trickle them on a plate, you know, and just like sparsely arrange them. So you'd also never see them in a grocery store because the chefs are buying them up. But uh, we only send it to our customers. So, you know, every every few months we'll, we'll give it out and people will get to try it. It's just like it's craziness. My mind is blown. <laughs> I've never tasted such a thing or seen such a thing. Oh, and that uh, what I was saying, roasted garlic. That's this one. Yes, please. Yeah, it's technically a tree, but we grow it as a microgreen. So it's only about two weeks old. The flavor is like nuts. But yeah, so that's one of the ones that we put in a combo called our, our savory specialties. Um, so it's the roasted garlic, Chinese mahogany. And we have a plant that tastes like mushrooms. We can try that one later. And then we have one that tastes like cheese. One of the unique things about how we grow is we can change the light to actually get different flavors. So plants react um, sort of defensively when they get shown blue light. It sort of makes them stressed. And stress in a plant usually actually means they're producing more nutritious compounds because actually those are usually their, their defense compounds. Um, so on that arugula, when we give it a little bit of blue light, we stress it just a little bit. It tastes so strong. If you grow that outdoors, it doesn't even have half the flavor. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. So you want your arugula stressed. <laughs> Anyways, plants are awesome. Yeah. I mean, who knew that? I mean, and this is probably making me sound like someone who's very uninformed about the world of microgreens and greens, but who knew that there were so many different flavor combinations that can be made from just growing things from the ground? I don't think many people do. <laughs> and I... I I, it's so exciting for me to be able to grow them and like see mm. like the expressions you all are having right now. I'm just like, what? <laughs> it's it's so exciting, and that's so flavorful. That's one of the things that I, I really love about this farm is most farms are located out in the middle of nowhere, and you actually never meet your customers or see the people who are experiencing your, the stuff you grow. But that's really why we bring the farm to the people is so they can come do tours here, they can try stuff, and then. You know, it's nice for them, but it's also really nice for the farmers because that's like really where we actually understand what we're doing. And actually, otherwise, you're it's almost like you're in a garage tinkering away at something and you never even see the end result. But like the end result of someone's face go, like, what? It's, it's just so nice. It makes it so worth it. And then I'm sure, you know, getting to actually see or in some cases taste the spoils, you know, that chocolate mint. Some, one of your customers had the idea to put that in Eclair and was so excited to share it with you all to sort of continue that, that cycle. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it goes both ways. It's really uh, a two-way relationship of the customers and, and the farmers and us, you know, getting to share recipes, share produce, share everything. It's, it's, it's so much fun. 95% of what you're, you know, we send out every week is really what people sort of know how to use every week, your staples. 
Um, but then, yeah, the 5% is like your Chinese mahogany, which is the, oh. Do you give people hints or tell them how they might utilize some of the things that you're giving them? Definitely. So we sent out a buzz button and lemon verbena. Buzz button, we'll, we'll try it in a moment. It makes your mouth go numb. It's sort of like pop rocks. It's crazy. And then lemon verbena, uh, it tastes like lemons. But when you put them together, especially there's a really popular cocktail where you use that with some tequila and the sort of combination with your mouth going numb and then you're eating the lemon verbena, it like just enhances everything. So there's, there's some really cool ways to use this. I've also seen some really cool fish recipes where they cover it in buzz buttons. It's similar to like a Szechuan peppercorn. Okay. For us, what really excites us is being able to grow these things that people would never have. So this purple shamrock, the one that tastes like sour apple, that one has about a two-day shelf life. So it would just not even really be possible to have unless you really move the farm to the people. And there's a lot of things that we like to grow that we're selecting really for flavor. And what most people have to select for is what works well in the supply chain, what can last a couple of weeks in the grocery store. And so it's a little bit different for us. Although there are no seasons here, we can grow anything, anytime. We like to have our products or like our crops match what people would want to use in that season. So peppermint in the spring, we start doing more flowers and summer, more citrusy stuff. But would you say that this is more or less labor than a typical non-vertical farm? There's still a decent amount of labor. We're still, we're planting seeds, we're transplanting, we're harvesting. It's not all a bunch of robots that are, are doing it, but it's more sustainable labor. So traditionally in a farm, you might be bending over all the time and it's really backbreaking. It's tough. Our work is far more ergonomic, so you can harvest at a desk and it's way more enjoyable. We have music playing and it's more fun. You know, that was one of my biggest fears of starting a career in farming was when my body gives out at like mid thirties, what am I going to do? Most of my farming friends, you know, their backs are messed up, but part of this farm is really to try to make it better for the farmers. So trying to find something that's more sustainable on their bodies. So sustainable environmentally, economically, physically for the farmers, just, yeah, it's really trying to find a way to make it work. Yeah, not knowing much about farming, when you said mid-30s, I was like, that seems like a very grim estimate. But I guess if you're farming, you are doing a lot of like pretty backbreaking physical labor, and you can't do that forever. Most people's bodies can't do no. that forever. No. What's next for Area 2? Are you going to expand more warehouse space? What's next? We've got a little expansion here as we start to increase production for next year. We're going to be doing a uh, 100 deliveries every week. And then we'd also like to build another 10 of these in the sort of nearby region each one of them also doing a, another hundred or so, but serving our, our local neighborhood. So right now our, our average customer is less than four miles away. They're really sort of a neighborhood farms that you drop in. There could be one 10 miles from here and it still would be its own sort of, have its own neighborhood of, of folks to, to serve. If people listening are like, this sounds freaking awesome, which it is, and they want to get involved, how can they do that? Yeah, shoot me an email, area2farms.com. You can find our contact info. Definitely come on a tour, try it all out. And if you want to subscribe, we're open right now for subscriptions. Farming is time-intensive process. You plant something and it's not ready for, for months down the road. So early signups definitely help us so we can actually 
plant for you and make sure we're ready to, to get you your greens. Folks who order the CSA, what comes in each delivery? Yeah, so every week people receive a, a big bag of greens, which is about a half pound. There's a few different herbs, so an ounce of sage uh, or an ounce of rosemary, typically like your normal herb size that you'd see at a grocery store. Then we have some root crops like carrots or some fruit like tomatoes, which is a fruit. And then there's usually a specialty item in there, which is sort of some of the things we tried today or what people might try in our farm tour, purple shamrock or chocolate mint. Are you all doing the zero waste composting here? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things that I'm excited about at this farm. And one of the ones is the zero waste. So all of our roots from our plants, all of the leaves that we can't use, everything, all of the soil, it goes into our compost, which we then add worms to. They eat all that stuff up. Usually it only takes a few weeks. They turn it into good old worm poop, which is great plant food, and we reuse it all. So there's no plant waste. It's super exciting. Worms are amazing. And then we also, we don't use any pesticides, so we release beneficial insects, so predator insects like ladybugs, and they eat all the bad guys. So yeah, really working with nature really wherever we can when it comes to the cycles that they enjoy every day, when it comes to composting, when it comes to pests and defending them. Yeah, yay nature. (laughs) It's usually our our grand finale is our buzz button. Do you just eat the whole thing? It makes it pretty hard to talk after. Oh, the buzz buttons. That is so cool. So the little flower, yep. Chew that up, get it all around your mouth. So because I'm on mic, I will say, after we eat these, it might become hard to talk. <laughs> so just, just so folks know. Maybe I should join you. I feel like we're taking drugs. <laughs> like, like All at the same time, guys. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> See you on the other side. <laughs> oh my God. And then the, the lemon verbena becomes sort of better afterwards. It's a, it's a little hardcore. Oh. Ooh. It is definitely hard to talk. Thank you for the heads up. Yeah, I feel like, like a rabid dog. It'll be over soon, I promise. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Two fake plant is the other oh name god. for it. Can you imagine being the first person to eat that and thinking that you've been poisoned? I'm about to die. Yeah, like this is it. <laughs> but yeah, the most popular cocktail in the world at the uh, Cosmopolitan Hotel in Vegas. This is their most popular cocktail. They do a buzz button with tequila and then it has some lemon verbena in it. That recipe is in the menu this week. So if you want to experience that, <laughs> definitely sign up for Area 2 CSA. <laughs> it is an experience. Wow. So you guys haven't visited many farms then? Or have you? Or? I have not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this is my fun. First. I don't think many people often think of it sort of being a fun activity to go visit a farm, but it's definitely, you you can get exposed to some really cool stuff. I mean, going to pick apples is like one of my favorite things, all the U-picks, but that's fairly seasonal, but we're all the time. Come have fun down on the farm. And you all do tours here to open to the public once a month, correct? First Sunday of every month, you can go to our website, area2farms.com and sign up. You'll get to try everything we tried today and whatever whatever else we have in season. It's a lot of fun. We have people coming back like multiple months. So it's it's fun. Hardcore farm fans. That was really fun. Tyler, thank you so much for letting us come check out your spot and for 
giving us this tour of honestly i can say i've eaten things i've never eaten before i've learned things about greens that i never knew well thank you bridget yeah it's, <laughs> As I say, it's like like my favorite experience is, is sharing the farm. So, thank you so much for for letting me do it. And before you go, here's some quick news. Mayor Muriel Bowser testified yesterday before the House Oversight Committee to discuss crime in the district. As we've talked about, DC's contentious relationship with Congress was brought up as she described DC residents as 700,000 disenfranchised Americans living in the shadow of the Capitol. She also called on Congress to enact federal gun reform, support local infrastructure projects, and push federal workers to return to offices downtown. We'll discuss more details of Bowser's big trip to the Hill in Friday's episode. Also on Monday, a man assaulted two staffers in the office of Representative Gerald Connolly with a metal baseball bat. After learning that Connolly was not in office, 49-year-old Joaquin Tran Pham attacked the staffers, causing injury. He also smashed windows and a computer. Pham has been charged, and the staffers have been released from the hospital. And lastly, D.C. Council took an initial vote yesterday on the budget for 2024. There have been a lot of pressure points here. Should transportation be hyper-efficient or free? Should schools have police officers? How much rental assistance should the city provide? Mayor Bowser and the council are at odds on a lot of this stuff. And we've got an episode coming out tomorrow on who won which battles. So be sure to tune in. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell someone who loves experimenting with new foods or that friend that is too lazy to go grocery shopping. I'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. Today on CityCast DC, literally none of us can talk. We're at Area 2 Farms, and we just got buzz buttoned. <laughs> We're here with Tyler Barris, co-founder of Area 2 Farms and Area 2 Farms chief science officer. <sighs> none of us can really talk right now. Stay tuned to this episode to find out why. 